Hello, it is Wednesday, May 26th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. First thing, start off with uh, some Ali Abdelaziz. And why do I get the feeling that whenever uh, an interview is done with Abdelaziz or someone reports on something he says, that the words allegedly or reportedly should preface his statements. Example, something that went down uh, earlier this week, and here's what Abdelaziz said. Two weeks ago, or 10 days ago, Dana White called me. He said, George St. Pierre, he said he'll fight Habib in a non-title fight at 165 pounds. In a way, we've been waiting for George. I like George. He's my friend. I like George. We've been waiting for George for four or five years. I'm coming. I'm not coming. Now St. Pierre said, hey, Habib is retired. I'm retired. What about coming back and fighting Habib now? But, you know, Habib got offered $100 million after he was retired to fight Floyd Mayweather. $100 million. $100 million. You can ask Floyd. You can ask everybody. Habib said, no, I'm retired. I told my mother I'm retired. I'm going to keep my word to my mother. If my mother told me to fight again, maybe I will. But right now, she told me not to fight. And some of this might be true. I think the one thing that is true is the fact that he's retired because his mother wants him to stay retired. I think that's true. All this other stuff, I have questions. I have a lot of questions. And I just think that Abdelaziz is in the Ali Abdelaziz business. And that business is promoting Ali Abdelaziz, shining a spotlight on Ali Abdelaziz and getting as much attention as possible for Ali Abdelaziz. And if I'm one of his fighters, I'm wondering what he's doing for me while he's doing these interviews. This one was with Mike Tyson. He was on Mike Tyson's Hot Boxing. Now let me ask you, how many of Ali Abdelaziz's fighters have been on Mike Tyson's Hot Boxing Podcast. How many? I don't remember any of them. But Ali Abdelaziz is on there promoting Ali Abdelaziz shit. And doesn't sit well with me. Doesn't sit well with me. He's always focused on himself and not his fighters. And what's he doing for his fighters? Because he should be getting these opportunities for his fighters, not for himself. But the, but the interviews are always with Ali Abdelaziz. You'll, you'll see him, I would bet you would see him getting interviewed outside of fight week, outside of fight week where the, where the UFC takes over promotion. You would see Abdelaziz getting interviewed more than all of his fighters put together. I'm guessing. Can't research that, but my gut tells me that he is promoting himself far more than he's promoting his stable of fighters. And he's got probably the biggest number of fighters under his organization out of any MMA manager. And I don't get it. I don't get it. Another thing I don't get is why he restricts his fighters. We know that he doesn't let his fighters appear on certain media members, podcasts, shows, networks. And these MMA media members probably have the biggest reach of anyone in the in the media in the MMA media but because something that said something was done that didn't sit well with Ali Abdel, Ali Abdelaziz and his precious ego 
well, you're, he's punishing his fighters by not allowing them to appear on these media members' shows. It's, it's wrong-headed. It's the exact opposite of what a manager should do. A manager shouldn't restrict a fighter to getting opportunities to be interviewed, to getting opportunities to do anything. But yet, Ali Abdelaziz is out here doing that. And I don't get it. I don't get it. He takes their money on fight night, whatever that is. I'm going to guess it's more than 10%. He takes their money on fight night. He takes their money when he gets them booked on the, in the UFC, probably at a rate that, they're in, that they should be getting better than that rate. But outside of that, what's he really doing for these fighters? I, wouldn't, I would say uh, not much, not much. It's stunning to me that he has as many as many people buy his 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 pitch as as they do. It's stunning. Um, but Ali Abdulaziz is going to Ali Abdulaziz. I said yesterday. Eh, I can compare him. I feel comfortable comparing him to Josh Joshua Fabia, and and that he's just a little better at selling things than Fabia is. But I don't, I don't, I don't trust him. There's nothing that says he has the best interest. There's nothing that says to me he has the best interest of his fighters at hand. An example of that is he's appearing in all these shows, getting interviewed by all these people, when the majority of his fighters they don't get interviews outside of fight week. So I don't get it. I'll probably never get it, but I'll still speak up about it. Um. Joanna Jacek has a big decision to make, I think. Uh, she is rank, ranked number two in the strawweight division. Her record over her last six fights is two and four. She has two losses to current champion Rose Namajunas. She has uh, a loss to now former champion Wiley Zhang. And this is what she had to say about her future and her prospects. Fighting Wiley is an op. Option. It's not like I want revenge on Wiley Zhang, but since I started my relationship with martial arts, I always wanted to put on a hell of a performance and always fight the best, and Wiley Zhang is one of the greatest. I can see our second fight because people want to see this fight. That's it, but there has to be big money. There has to be big money. I just want to fight the best. I'm only interested in big fights with Wiley Zhang or Rose Namajunas. The Namajunas fight is off the table, at least for quite a while, because of the two losses. And Namajunas being the champion again, I don't see a third fight for her right now because the the weight division, while not the deepest, is deep enough to keep her keep Joanna Janjacek from getting another fight in the near future. Uh, I don't see the Zhang fight because I think Namajunas is going to fight Zhang next because it's a big market. China is a big market for the UFC, and while I believe Carla Esparza probably deserves the fight more than Zhang, just based on moving her way up steadily when the UFC probably was hoping that she wouldn't, I think she deserves uh, another shot at Namajunas before Zhang does. Do I think she'll beat her? She beat her once. And so, I mean, if I was betting, I wouldn't bet on Esparza, but I think it'll be a, a decent fight. So... I think Jinjajic is going to have to take a fight against someone like Esparza if Esparza decides not to wait for a title fight, which she could if the UFC says she'll be next. But there's always that 
chance that they tell you you're next and then you're not. I totally see Jinchechik's point here. She fought probably one of the most taxing fights physically of her career and mentally of her career against Zhang. One of the best fights we've ever seen. It was a it was a battle and that fight probably took a lot out of each fighter career-wise. That fight's a that fight was the kind of fight that cuts years off careers. And I hope she got paid for that. And I and if she's financially secure enough to stick to this plan and the the plan being either Zhang or Nama Yunus for big money, then I I I support that because that's her decision. And if she can financially support herself with what she has in the bank, stick to that. You might not get another fight, but you're not going to have to take a fight that won't get you anywhere in the big picture. Um, and if I was, if the UFC came at me with the, the, the Zhang fight, knowing what you know, knowing what you went through in the first one, knowing how you're going to have to train and prepare and what's going to happen in the cage, potentially, you need championship money to take that fight again. That fight is not worth a hundred grand, two hundred grand. That fight's worth probably a million bucks to to both the fighters because it's an easy sell, and the UFC is going to make a lot of money if that fight happens again. So, hopefully, she can stick to these guns financially, and and fight only the fights she wants to and make uh, make some money out of it knowing how the UFC pays and keeps fighters hungry uh, I'm not counting on that working out for her I hope it does but I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on it um, I said this after the Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier fight and I see that Kamara Usman now agrees with me here's what he said to Sorry, here's what he said about Conor McGregor recently. Loudmouth, just a loudmouth. He does more talking now than he does fighting. He's a guy that can compete, but he's not the champion Conor McGregor. He's not the double champion. He's not that guy anymore. He's just a guy that's in the UFC that if he wasn't Conor, if he hasn't done the things that he's done, he would just be a regular fighter. It's probably the level of respect that he gets now. It's just he's a regular fighter with a lot of money and a lot of hype and recognition. But the old Connor, the hungry Connor, that was the fighter that fighters respected. Now, not that we don't respect him at all. He's still a UFC fighter, but he's just a regular fighter. And I said that after the fight, after the Poirier fight. He looked like a regular fighter. And I, I still stand by that statement. And I would say that if he was not Connor McGregor and he fought the way that he fought Dustin Poirier, I think a lot of people would agree with that. A lot of people would have ran him down, but he has so much hype built up around him and so much, uh, so big a fan base that don't see clearly. They, they are more enamored of Conor McGregor's aura than they are of Conor McGregor's performance. And so they, they, they make excuses, much like McGregor did. For the loss, they they don't they don't see clearly much like McGregor didn't. If another fighter went out there and got leg kicked to hell by Dustin Poirier, that was all that would be all that you would hear would be that guy wasn't ready for the for the most used strike in MMA right now. That's a rookie mistake. That's someone who who 
wasn't prepared properly, who ignored everything that was happening in the sport and fought like they fought a few years ago. They didn't advance. They didn't get better. They were overconfident. They didn't train properly. They didn't have the right team around them. You would have heard all these things and more if, if that performance would have been given by someone other than Conor McGregor. And I'm not picking on McGregor here. I'm just saying that this is what we would have heard if it would have been someone other than Conor McGregor. If John Jones would have went out there and got lit up like Conor McGregor did with the leg kicks, would we have not heard that? Would we have not heard of how bad Jones was unprepared? You know we would have. And so we saw it with McGregor, but yet people will deny it. Don't deny it. Just, you know, you want him to get better. You want him to be better prepared. And he wasn't. He wasn't. And that's why I said he's just another fighter now. And I didn't mean it in a way that Usman's saying here. I, I don't believe. I'm not one of those people that says that money changed him. I don't think that's, well, money did change him, but I don't think money changed his fighting. I think his confidence in himself and that he's surrounded by yes men and no one's going to put him, for lack of a better phrase, put him in his place or tell him what he needs to do because he's got a bunch of sycophants around him. I think that's the bigger problem than the money. I think if you had a hungry and tuned in and listened to his coach, fighter, you would see a different fight fighter. Look at Dustin Poirier. I mean, he's not making the Conor McGregor money, but he's also not spending the Conor McGregor money. So I, I don't think it was a matter of money here for, for McGregor. I think it was a matter of hubris. People can also deny that and say it was money, but I think that's denying what you saw. You saw a guy that was not prepared and a guy who was not ready. And like Usman says here, and I said after the fight, you saw a regular fighter that didn't keep up with the times. He can redeem himself, but he's got a lot of work to do if he's going to uh, deliver on, on what he missed in that Poirier fight. We'll see. I think he took the fight too soon. I think he bit off more than he chew, can chew. And I think Poirier beats him again. And after that, I don't know what we see from Conor McGregor. We'll probably see him fight um, money fights. He'll fall into that Diaz kind of deal. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, one of the things that has been bandied about a lot is the George St. Pierre, Oscar De La Hoya potential boxing match that was scuppered by Dana White because Dana White doesn't like Oscar De La Hoya, which is really the reason the fight got shut down. No other reason from what I can see. There's no reason that he should prevent George St. Pierre from fighting in another sport when George St. Pierre is retired. It just shouldn't happen. It's, it's ego, and I don't like Oscar de la Hoya, and so I'm going to punish this guy. It's childish, it's stupid, and it's costing George St. Pierre a lot of money, I believe. Now, here's what Daniel Cormier had to say about it, and I take these words uh, well let's just listen I gotta be honest I don't know and this was on his show with Ariel Hawani I think it's too risky for us as a community to have a guy like George St. Pierre boxing Oscar De La Hoya great for GSP in terms of the money we'll make but too risky because even at I don't know if Oscar's gotta be mid 50s at this point it's too risky for GSP to go out and fight him because if he gets beat if he gets starched it's a bad look when the greatest fighter of all time is out there getting beat or knocked out or just dominated by the 55 year old boxer 
You can't possibly believe George St. Pierre beats Oscar De La Hoya in a boxing match. Like, really? Does does not matter. Dude's an Olympic champ boxer. No, man. That's why I don't want to see it. It's too risky. Maybe GSP does win, but I don't believe he does so whatsoever. Might as well not even do it. And this is just dumb. So this falls in line with, with white, kind of, sort of. But even worse, it's the community. George St. Pierre... There's no community when it comes to a person making money in prize fighting. St. Pierre knows what he's getting into. He's a grown-ass man. He's made good business decisions throughout his career, and that's why he doesn't have to fight anymore. But he wanted to fight Oscar De La Hoya in a boxing match. Dana White said no for, for simple reasons, for ego reasons, and St. Pierre is paying the price. This has nothing to do with if he loses. We saw... Conor McGregor go out there and get carried by Floyd Mayweather for the duration of that fight. Had Mayweather wanted to end that fight in the first round, I have no doubt he could have. But yet, people were into that fight. That fight made tons of money. But uh, no sensible person thought Conor McGregor was going to walk out of there with a win. None. But why is it different for St. Pierre? This sounds like a man who knows what his talking points are. And his talking points were handed to him by the UFC and by Dana White. So if somebody asks you, UFC employee Daniel Cormier, UFC employee who has been given bonuses of at least a million dollars for being yourself, you know who pays your checks. You know who gives you your money. You know who you work for. And so you tow the company line. Cormier has always been a company guy. Sometimes it's to his detriment. This is one of those times. Nobody should be able to tell George St. Pierre that he shouldn't be able to fight for the most money he can get against Oscar De La Hoya just because it'll look bad to the community. Did it look bad to the community when Cormier lost to John Jones? You could make that same you could make that same claim. It would be wrong, just as wrong as this is, but you could make that claim because that's just an opinion. The fact is that St. Pierre has a chance to make a lot of money and people don't want it to happen because they don't like De La Hoya and they don't like it how it would look. Neither of those reasons are good enough to keep George St. Pierre from boxing Oscar De La Hoya. They're stupid and selfish reasons. Both of them. Both of them. Oscar, uh, St. Pierre should be boxing De La Hoya and he should be doing so for as much money as he can possibly get. So hopefully sooner or later somebody with a half a brain and not a giant ego will just say, okay, you can fight. I'm not going to count on it, but I'm hoping it's true. Speaking of Oscar De La Hoya, John Jones recently dropped his management team. And from what we've understood, he was kind of representing himself anyway. He signed on Richard Schaefer as an advisor. Schaefer had worked for Oscar De La Hoya's Golden Boy Promotions for a while. He was the former CEO, and as we know, Dana White doesn't like Oscar De La Hoya, but he seems to like Schaefer, and here's what he said to ESPN. I like Richard. I've known Richard for a long time, and obviously he built Golden Boy. He built that company. He knows what he's doing. He's a smart guy. I like and respect him, and if we can get something done, we will. I would rem- I would bookmark this. It's from B- Brett Akimoto from ESPN. It's from his Twitter because... I think White 
is hoping that he's going to get a non-adversarial meeting here and that he'll come to terms with Jones and Schaefer on a fight. But I don't think Jones hires somebody at this point who doesn't have his best interest in mind and isn't going to get him close to what he wants or at least what he wants. And so keep this in mind for when things go bad and White changes his mind about Richard Schaefer. We already know what he thinks about John Jones asking for what he deserves on his own. Well, now you got somebody that knows how to negotiate and knows how to make deals going in there and doing probably more than John Jones can do on his own to make the deal. I don't think that Schaefer's taking a deal that John Jones doesn't want. And I do think that whatever relationship White and Schaefer has is going to crumble. Let's not forget, there was a time when Dana White would never say anything bad about Scott Coker. That time has passed. Anyone that pushes White to get something more than White wants to give, which is a part, which is a negotiation, anyone that wants to negotiate with White as opposed to accept a deal from White turns into a piece of shit, uh, someone who wants more than they deserve, and whatever relationship, if it was good, turns bad. If it was bad, turns toxic. So this one's at least starting off good, so it's got a long way to go to get to toxic. It could reach there. It could reach there. Especially with Jones now saying that he could sit out for a year. Uh, So I'm not going to be surprised if Dana White's opinion of Richard Schaefer changes. I will be surprised if Richard Schaefer takes an offer that John Jones does not not want. And if John, if Schaefer gets, can't get an offer, remember, he's just an advisor here. Jones is pretty much, by the sounds of these things, still representing himself. So if he's just an advisor, he's easily replaceable. So Jones doesn't get what he wants. He can get rid of Schaefer and get somebody else. But this bears watching. Uh, at least it says that you know, Jones is serious about this. He knows probably that he needs help in negotiating because I think the UFC is not going to negotiate with Jones by himself because I don't think that they respect him at all. Uh, I think they just think he's a fighter, and we know what the UFC thinks of fighters. And so Jones says, all right, I'm going to get this guy that Dan White respects to play hardball on my part. So this relationship... I'm more than 50-50 that says it goes south between White and Schaefer. But keep an eye on it because this will be as interesting as any fight to, to me in, that's coming up in the, in the future. It'll be very interesting. We'll see what happens. And on that note, I'm going to call it a night. Probably be back tomorrow. Um, and if not, I'll be back soon enough, right? All right, everyone uh, stay safe.